Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, everyone. This is Nancy with Living Relationships God's Way. Thank you for joining us today. We are on episode number 54 on TalkShoe, and we are going to be talking about living in change. Living in change is not easy, is it? Our world today is filled with change. Uh, As leaders, especially leaders, we're going to look at leaders today. Uh, What I share will apply to anyone, but specifically I'm speaking to leaders. Whether you are a leader in a company, uh, you are a leader in a church, a nonprofit, whatever it is you lead. Maybe you lead as a volunteer. Uh, But, you know, being a leader in today's world is not easy. Uh, There are times we think we have everything set in motion. Uh, Maybe it's something in our home, maybe it's something within our organization, our personal life, and all of a sudden something comes along and there is a change. It's not a bad change, but it's just a change and it causes us to maybe uh, just all of a sudden stop in fear or uh, just we just stop, we freeze and we wonder, what are we going to do now? What do I do now? How how do we incorporate this change? It's impossible to do what we were doing in the past the same way we were doing it. How do we do it now? How do we uh, live in this change knowing that we live in a world that three months down the road or maybe even less, we're going to see changes again? You know, there are many requirements for a leader who is leading in the middle of change. And and these requirements exist uh, when change isn't going on, but today we're talking about change in the life of a leader. Maybe it's in a personal area or in a um, professional area change. We must be willing to step into change because as a leader, we are taking people somewhere. And if there is change, if we stall and we stop and we don't continue forward in the change and decide how we're to manage this change, then the people will stop with us or they will run right by us or end up somewhere else. Whether it's another or serving in another organization um, as an employee or as a volunteer, it's important for us as leaders to be patient and also to be teachable 
Because many times when there's a change as a leader, it's something we may not know how to do, which also requires humility in our life to go to um, someone else to learn. Maybe we need to go back to school. Maybe we just need to find a mentor. Maybe we need to do some reading. Some changes require a crash course going, oh, my, I don't know how to do this, and, and this has to be implemented and changed right now. We cannot wait. It does not mean that we jump off a cliff. As leaders, we need wisdom and discernment because we are taking our people somewhere. If we are a leader of a company, an owner of a company, or a manager of a company, but we are in a lead role, the people under us are waiting for us to take them into the change. Also, during change, whether it's employees or volunteers as leaders, it is good to listen to those people around us. It is good to listen to those people that are the employees, and it is good to listen to those people who volunteer maybe in your churches or in your nonprofits because guess what? Maybe they see something that we don't see in the change. Maybe we don't know how to implement this change but someone else does. It may be that quiet person that does not usually speak up because a lot of times we assume quiet people have no opinion when reality they may be the person that sees the entire picture because they're not saying much, but they are observing. Leaders must be open to change. You know, as Christians, we also um, are placed in the world, but we're challenged in Scripture that we are not to be of the world. I, I did a little Google and looked at a few articles, and there was one article that I came across. Uh, it was very, very long, so um, I'm not even going to post it in the chat right now, but uh, just a, a couple things I pulled out of this article. And it was talking about being in the world. It was using the word in, the word in um, and not being of the world. And it really uh, focused on the world, the word of. And then when I went into some other readings and just kind of went over doctrine and different things to, to make sure I understood this correctly before I shared it with you, we also look at Jesus. Jesus was in the world. He lived in the world, but he was not of the world. So what does this mean to us today? Is what this means for us today, we are living here. If you're hearing my voice right now, you live somewhere. Whatever language you speak, whatever country you live in, uh, whatever uh, economic rung you are at, whatever culture you live in, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you live in the world, in the location where you are uh, located, but you are not to be of the world. And this covers a big, long list. Throughout the Bible, we read about what this means. It is the way God's called us to live. For instance, we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all of our mind, all of our being. He is to be first above all else. So this is part of our being in the world, but we're not of the world. This is the of. The of is... 
God is to be first in our life. We are to love him first. It does not mean that we're not to love other people and that people are not a priority and their hurts are not a priority and that we are not to have compassion towards them. To people in the world, meaning to people who have not received Christ, But we are to live in this world, but being of this world is not to be because the world does not love God first. But when we receive Jesus Christ, we are to love God. We live in contrast to the world, to the way of thinking. And when we say world, all the world means is in this uh, context, we're not saying the entire world, the globe, okay, worldwide, meaning the world where we live, the location where you live, where our home is. This is the world that we live in. This is the fast-paced, changing world that we live in. Um, I looked up First John 2. 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So here we see very clearly we are told do not love the world or the things in the world doesn't mean that we um, cannot love uh, the new house. Can we have a new home, a new car? It's okay to love it. It's okay to like it. But we are to love the Father first. We are not to value material items above the Father, above God, above Jesus. In this world, we own material items. Whether we rent a home or we own a home, whatever size the home is, we can still love material items more than God. It's not about the amount of dollars in our uh, checking account or our savings account. We can have $20 in our checking account and love that $20 more than we love God. So remember, First John 2.15. Also, Second John chapter 17, verses 14 through 15. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. And uh, this is Jesus speaking to the disciples. Just as I am not of the world, now remember just a few minutes ago, I was talking about that Jesus was not of the world, but he was in the world. Verse 15, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. Now he's talking to the Father. This is where Jesus is praying. Okay? I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. So we live in the world, but we're not of the world. And here is Jesus acknowledging to the Father There is evil here, and I'm asking you to keep them from the evil one. Change. Change is 
is difficult for some people. I do a lot of listening. Maybe when I'm walking around or I'm sitting in a group, and um, it may be uh, people who are younger, male and female. They're younger adults. It may be middle age, and it may be older. And it's what I hear is the struggle with technology. We live in a world of technology and it changes and it changes quickly for instance i am putting together um an online course underneath the heading of the relationship institute and as how this is set up i work with a company online and they have all the templates and everything set up for me and they have a procedure uh, that I follow, and I am able to create and design uh, my own course. But there are certain areas uh, that um, they are set in stone that I cannot change. Some I can customize. Um, some I need to follow exactly what they're asking for on this page. Now, back in, I think it was June, I began, June of 2016, I began to set this up online. I began to go through training, and then I'll jump ahead. It is now um, January 2017, and finally, um, I'm beginning to add to the course, and I know where I want to head with this. I'm also looking at the future. But as what began to happen, they began to make changes in how everything is set up. And the changes are improvements, and they are great. But all of a sudden, I know one system, and now these improvements are added. And so last night, probably about 10 o'clock, I decided, okay, I'm going to get on the page of uh, the Relationship Institute. And even though I didn't have time to do a lot on this today except for going through a course. I'm going to get on the page and I need to do at least one thing, just one. So I log in, I get on the page, and I look, and everything has changed. Now, the entire format isn't changed, but this main page that I'm looking at, I'm looking at it going, oh, man, I don't know what, I don't know what to do with this. So is what happened, it was necessary for me to go through the instructions on this page, and they were improvements and they were great, but there's this little button up in the corner, and it's what this button uh, contains. It contains numbers. So if the company has made one change, you'll see the number one. If they've made two, you'll see number two. I have seen as far as up to six. That means I need to go into this button and look at the changes. And the changes are happening quickly. And they're improvements. It's just like with our phones. From the uh, time that we had the tiny little flip phones all the way up to the smartphones that we have now, they have been improved. But it has changed. Our world is not only changing, it is changed. It's not in the future, only in the future. It's current. Now, back to leaders. Leaders who will make it and stay in leadership positions for the long term are willing to step into change. Does this mean that in your organization that you must bring in every piece of technology that exists? No, but it means we must examine, if it's a business, what's going on in the market 
and what is working, or we will be left behind. I've used these examples before, um, but I'd like to use them a little differently today. Uh, At one time, I worked for a company that I will call very progressive. It was not in the city, uh, and we many times think if a business or organization is in a mid-sized city or a large city that they will be farther ahead of the companies and organizations in small towns. But this is a myth. I worked for a company in a small town as a sales rep. And at the time when I began working for them, I was in my late 20s and now to say I'm in my 50s. So we're talking uh, many years here. But for this company, we already had computers. We were ordering our products daily by computer. As a sales rep, I would turn my uh, orders from my customers into the company and there was someone there that would get on, they were online, but at that time we were using modem, and they would place our orders. Now, did I have a smartphone at that time? No, but instead I had a um, I had a pager, and the number would show up. So if it was very, very important or it was an emergency from my kids, the number would show up, and my customers were great because I was a relational seller, and they were um, the, usually not new customers, uh, but repeat customers week after week. So if I needed to use a phone, that was no problem. And at that time, many lobbies, when I would go into accounts, in their lobbies, they would have a phone sitting there that we were able to use. So I was already using technology, excuse me, technology. And then I moved to a city, a smaller city. And I assumed coming here that I would have the same technology or it would be improved. I took the same type of job, was selling the same type of product, and when I began to work for this company, as what I found out, they were behind. We had computers, but the way that we were doing things was not as advanced as where I came from. And I was surprised to find out that this change had not taken place. And it's what I believe, now we're going to fast forward years later, that the company in the smaller town still exists today. Uh, the fir- there was the first owners, um, and then I worked for the second owners, and they uh, operated this company for many years, and then a few years ago, they sold it. And it's what I believe, this company still existed because they were paying attention to the change. Were things moving as fast as they are today? No. But the leaders of the company, of this company, always paid attention to the change and what was going on with the customers. And here, when I uh, worked for a different employer, mainly, the the change was very, very slow, and if there was a change, um, they were very hesitant in stepping in, and eventually is what happened. The company closed, and I believe many times, not all, but many times the company closes not because there's not enough dollars coming in, but we could bring in more, but the change behind the scenes isn't taking place to stay up with our economy today and all the many changes. So 
I think now with this uh, phone that I'm talking to you on, I'm sitting here with a smartphone, that I am no longer a sales rep. I think my last uh, job as a rep was nine years ago. Uh, But as a rep, I would be able to move so much faster. I would not need to sit down with my laptop somewhere and check in to see if someone sent me a message or whatever it is. It would be right at my fingertips. So I'd like to end with this. Please, be willing as leaders to persevere in the change. Whether you are a church, whether you are a nonprofit, whether you are a business, as leaders, it is important for us to be open to change. Now, let me camp out on church leaders as Christians. The most important part for us is to be sure that everything is grounded in the Word of God. So as we change in our churches. Like you can walk into churches now and they do not have to be a really large church to see a screen up front and to see a PowerPoint or uh, cameras. Uh, We no longer have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. So it's what's awesome about the technology. We can bring a scaled down version of today's technology even into our smaller churches. But the question is, as a leader, are we willing to change? God's word doesn't change, but our culture has changed, and it's moving quickly. And as the church, we are called to be in the world and not of the world. So as we add technology to how we share the message of Jesus Christ, even with what I do, okay, I travel and I lead conferences um, in person. Uh, the majority of the time, it's not something I call someone and say, can I come? No, I am invited by invitation. And so we set everything up and I partner with them. I've been told in the past, Nancy, you're a, a Lone Ranger leader, but no, I'm not a Lone Ranger leader because in the middle of the change, when I'm not traveling, there are partners that I work with online that help me to be better at what I'm doing in the middle of all of this change. And when I do travel, I meet with a group of people in whatever country I'm in, and we partner together. So the Lone Ranger, yep, I am a Lone Ranger when it comes to getting on an airplane. There are many times that I may be by myself, but I'm with hundreds of thousands of people. So I have many partners that we partner together. This is the change that has happened. The Relationship Project is now a combination of being online and offline, and the partnership looks different, but we needed to be willing to step into change because as I began to travel, as what I found out when I returned home, the people that I had led the conference for or someone I met and we agreed to discipleship or to disciple them and to be part of our behind-the-scenes discipleship group, um, that it was necessary for me to do certain things online and change and learn. So does this mean you are listening to me right now and you are a leader that does not use much technology? Does this mean I'm telling you run out right now, spend some money, do this, do that? No. It's what I'm talking to you about today for your organization as a leader. Don't 
be afraid of change. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions of the other leaders in your organization or managers. Don't be afraid to ask questions to your volunteers. And don't be afraid to ask questions of those people who are not our volunteers. It's time for us as leaders to lead in this change, to be in the world and not of the world, to listen. It's time for us to listen. And then we will know how to present the Word of God. And it is the Word of God. Remember this. I'm talking about change. I am not saying the Word of God will change. Here is a simple example. Long ago, there wasn't a time when I would say, hey, let's go to Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or uh, even locally we have a coffee shop in our um, library. Can you meet me at the library? Let's have a coffee um, and a, a snack there, you know? And that did not, it didn't exist. But today, in today's world, this does exist. There are people meeting in small groups, in rooms of restaurants, in coffee shops, um, in many different areas. Does this mean we're to close down our churches? No. But as what I'm saying, this is an example of a culture change. The venues have changed. So I hope what I shared today gives you something to think about. Look at what you're leading right now, or maybe you're starting something new and you're at the design stage. And ask yourself, I'm in the world, Lord. How do you want me to lead? Is there a change that you'd like me to make? Is it technology? Is it um, listening to people that I usually don't listen to? Is it uh, maybe it's closing something down? That's difficult, isn't it? I have had parts of what I do every year in December. I, there's always changes going on. So I examine everything beginning in November, and the goal is to be done uh, before Christmas arrives. I examine everything I am doing, and I look at the changes that are happening, and then many times I see the changes that I need to make. And one of our changes last year uh, for 2016 was to become more half in 50-50 of uh, traveling, also being in person with people, spending time with people, and the other 50% of what I do uh, is to be carried out online. This is a change for me because I would rather be out and about instead of doing this but this is a change that God has um, incorporated into the relationship project. So thank you for listening to me today. I hope there's something that I shared, maybe one little thing that will speak to you. And I want to add this. In the change, do not be afraid to learn new things. It doesn't matter how old you are. You are capable of learning the technology, the smartphones, whatever is out there, no matter what age you are. This 
is not set in motion by God just for the young. It is for all of us. So my encouragement for you today is learn to embrace change. Do not run from it, but learn to embrace it and ask God to show you, Lord, what are you calling me to change in my leadership today? So if you'd like to get in touch with me, email me at relationshipswithnancy at gmail.com. Check out my uh, website at relationshipswithnancy.weebly.com. Check out my blog at relationshipswithnancy.blogspot.com. And also I have another uh, blog floating around out there that's kind of on a different topic than our relationships God's way. And it is called lifetimewriter.wordpress.com. And I write about writing on this blog. Um, Also, if you would like to receive information on the upcoming course, this is going to be a freebie. Uh, It will be available online. This is not in person. It's underneath what's called the Relationship Institute. Just shoot me an email at relationshipswithnancy at gmail.com. And I will make sure that you receive the information as soon as everything is ready to launch. Please remember, by emailing me, this does not tie you into that you must take a class and now you're going to receive all kinds of emails from me. Just email me and specifically ask for the information for the online course on relationships because, hey, we all need help in our relationships, don't we? Maybe you're someone listening to me today and you're thinking of someone instantly that you are struggling in a relationship with them. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it is a coworker. Maybe it's another leader, sister, a brother uh, in your household, wherever that may be. This may be something that may just help you if you have the desire for your relationships to be lived out the way God calls us to live them. And in this way, we will find joy and we will find beauty in our relationship. So, yep, that's just a little plug for the Relationship Institute. I'm excited that we're getting ready to start this uh, soon. So don't forget to shoot me an email, and I'm looking forward to connecting with you. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.